good to have you here on this Labor Day weekend. Well, I know people are still traveling and getting that last bit of vacation in. And so we love to have you here. And we're going to be speaking today from the Ephesians uh, 4 scripture, verses 25 and 26. And it's important that you hear this message today. Because this message has a lot to do with unwrapping some things that not only you deal with, but also our society deals with. Some things that begin to touch you. And uh, God has said, I don't want you to be involved that way. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead on and read the, the scripture itself. And, and then, then we're going to give you a little history, all right? And from that history, we're going to go and look at some key words uh, in these two verses. And what I want you to do is I want you to check yourself. I want you to ask yourself some questions while I'm speaking and see if the Holy Spirit may not uh, raise something up for, for, for that challenges you and ask you to reconsider some things you're thinking or maybe some things that you're doing. And so we're looking at the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be talking from verse 25 and verse 26. But what I want to do is I'm going to start from verse 20, because verse 20 is kind of the hub of what verse 25 and 26 is saying. And so when you look here at verse 20 all the way down to verse 25 and 26, just hold on, it may not show up on the screen, or verse 25 and 26 should. Now it says here in verse 20, it says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. Indeed, that you have heard him and have been taught in him, and just as truth is in Christ, is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside, and you're going to hear that word again, the old self, that old person, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And then it said that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that's what we talked last week about mind renewal, uh, about your mind being changed, your mind being what? Transformed. And that's important uh, because your heart is right, but sometimes your mind is the thing that gets attacked all the time. And it says mind renewal here, but it says the spirit of your mind because your mind has a spirit just like the heart does. And it says, but now you put on the new self, okay, this new humanity, this, this new people, this, this, this new society that God has created. You put it on. And then he says, you put on this, uh, this new self, which is in what the likeness of God have been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. And now we dig into the content and the context of what we're talking about this morning. It says, therefore... Lay aside falsehood, speak truth, and he makes it very clear, each of you, he says, speak truth with his neighbor, the person next to you, for we are members of one another. And then he says this, he says, be angry. Now, some of you might think that's okay. I'll deal with you in a minute on that, okay? He says, be angry and do not sin. Don't sin, okay? And then he says, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Beautiful, beautiful set of scriptures. And, and, and what makes them so beautiful is that when you, when you get this overview uh, of the book of Ephesians, you'll, you'll see that those, 
those first three chapters talk about you being seated at the right hand of God. Now think about that. You're seated at the right hand of God. If you're a believer, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that means you're seated up there with him. That first chapter tells you you're called, you're redeemed, uh, and you seal. That second chapter tells you you're part of a family. That third chapter tells you you're a mystery. And as a church, the manifold wisdom of God is going to come through you, that power. But then the last three chapters, chapter 4, 5, and 6, which we begin with uh, right now, tells you that because you're seated at the right hand of Christ, watch this, here's how you ought to behave. I mean, the first thing it says in chapter 4, it, it says, now therefore I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of a call by which you've been called. And then it moves on and begins to tell you in that fourth chapter that you're part of a team. See, 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 the church is not just, just led by a pastor, but, but, but it says that God has given an apostle, a prophet, and uh, uh, evangelist, and pastors, and teachers, what? For the equipment of the saints. That's who we are here. That's the kind of church this is. It's a fivefold church. You won't find many of them. Because we know God never has given one gift by which the church is to be what? Equipped and raised up. And then chapter 5 tells you you're a bride. You're this. You're this beautiful, yeah, blue, and all that stuff, you're all that glory, you're bride, okay? That's, that's, that's huge. And, 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 and he wants you to know that. And then chapter 6 says, hey, you're an army, look out now. And then you're an army that rises up, and you're a conqueror. And so in the midst of verse 25 and 26, you get chapter 4 that talks about humility. Now watch this. Paul is also saying all the way up from verse 20. Here's how you learned Jesus. Now you were taught him. You read about him. You experienced him. He's basically telling you the truth is not an it or a bunch of information. Truth is a person. You learned him. So therefore, you need to lay aside a few things. And so it's, it, it's important for you to understand that the content and the context of what you're hearing is now you are a new humanity. You, you have to take off the old stuff. And I told you last week, you cannot solve your problems today like you did yesterday because yesterday you were an old man. Today you're a new man. You're in Jesus Christ. Therefore, you are a new humanity, a brand new person, with other Christians that have created a brand new society, therefore you should behave a certain way. Now, is there anybody in church this morning? I got to do is say yeah, because I'm, I'm just trying to set this up for you. You got to understand you're different. You, you, you can't be like everybody else. Okay, it's important because the world is pushing back, and what we're going to talk about are two things in the scripture today. That's going to, what, make you different from the world. And even though you may do worldless things, God is saying, come out of that. You don't have to. You just don't have to. Because here's some things I want you to push back on. Now, the world that you live in today is full of two things. And these two scriptures that we're getting ready to hear, and the reason why I titled it, Spiritual frequency. I titled it that for a reason. 
frequency. Now, anytime you're dealing with something spiritual, you're dealing with this Greek word called pneuma. It is a breath. It is a current. It continues to flow. You're breathing right now. It is a custom breathing. But when it talks about spiritual, the pneuma becoming a person, a being, you're talking about the Holy Spirit, flowing through you constantly. That's what the word spiritual is about. Now, when you talk about frequency, you're talking about what you would call something that flows through something. But, but, but I wrote the definition down here so I could make sure I do it right because, you know, we, we, we have uh, people in here that, that will correct you verbally, verbal police, okay? And it says that the word frequency is what you would call the rate at which something, okay, occurs. The rate at which something occurs. Now watch this. Frequencies is the value of the rate of something occurring. Now, now think about that. The Holy Spirit brings value. And as it blows and as it begins to, 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 to bring a current through you, it brings the value of the kingdom. And it is constantly flowing all the time. All the time. And this new humanity this new person, Christians connecting with Christians, there is a currency from the kingdom that flows all the time. And it's a spiritual current. And what God doesn't want to have happen is that God doesn't want anything to interrupt that flow. Are you with me? At all. Yeah. And there are two things in these scriptures that's going to show you that will interrupt it if you're not careful. It interrupts it. So that's why it's called Spiritual frequency. Now, I'm going to make a purpose statement. I'm going to tell you, what I'm getting ready to do is tell you what the purpose statement is. We're going to jump into the scriptures. I'm going to show you some words. And then I'm going to ask you to check yourself. Okay? That's what I'm going to ask you to do. Check yourself. Check yourself and see if this is true with me. Check yourself and ask the question, God, if this is in me, I want you to get rid of it. At any point, at any level, at any moment. Okay? So we're going to hit verse 25 and 26. But I want you to, I want you to understand this statement. I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you. My whole purpose today is for you to realize that you are a new humanity. And in that new humanity, man, there's something built in. What's built in are spiritual frequencies that flow through a network of neighboring. Now, what's that network of neighboring? That's you and the person next to you. That frequency flows through you, but guess what? It flows from you through somebody else. And it's really important for you to understand. And every Christian has it. Every believer has it. And it's a network of neighboring. Watch that. And that network of neighboring will also allow you to eradicate anything that will hinder that frequency. And it will also allow you to communicate in such a way where truth is coming through. And not only do you eradicate, not only do you communicate, but you start collaborating. Because there are believers all over the world, there are people next to you. Now why is the collaboration there? Why is the communication there? And why is the uh, eradication is there? So when the world looks at you, the world becomes what? Attracted to who you are. It becomes attracted. That's why you have to be different. That's why you can't be the same. Not so people get criticized. That's not the point. Not that you're not going to make mistakes. That's not the point. The point is, it's what you're reflecting. And God will allow you to go through a lot of stuff, man. Let me tell you something about the goldsmith. 
The goldsmith knows the gold is ready when he can see his reflection in the gold. And God wants to, you to reflect him as he's purifying, as he's burning the dross off. Is anybody here this morning? No. I'm just checking. Okay. Because I won't go any further. I got to go back a little bit. But I want you to get this. Because if you don't get this point, you don't understand the two words I'm getting ready to lay out to you. Okay? So let's go and let's look at this scripture. It's right there on the screen for you. So the first thing it says is therefore. Now, if you're a college student, you somebody been to school, you may be past your college days. You know I'm past because you can just look at the reflection on my head. Okay? Now, this word therefore is a prepositional word. And it's prepositional. Why? Because it's connected to ideas. It's connected to thought. So when he says therefore, he's saying therefore as a result of what happened from verse 20 all the way down to verse 24, I'm getting ready to tell you something. That's what I'm getting ready to do. Therefore, and the therefore says this, I want you to lay something aside. I want you to lay it aside so much that it has no more life. I want you to lay it aside so much that it doesn't even exist anymore. Now, I want you to understand something. Before I tell you what it says, let me tell you a little bit about the world. Now, the world is living in two things right now to its worst, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The, the world is living in two things right now. One is lying and anger. The world don't want truth. As a matter of fact, they don't want to find the truth. I mean, I used to listen to this guy by the name of Pat O'Reilly, not because of any other reason. My wife got him on all the time. He's not on TV anymore. But he used to have a news thing that's called the Spin Zone. And the Spin Zone basically says to the media that you got to quit putting the spin on a story. And what happens is when you put a spin on the story, instead of you telling the truth or telling the story, you become the story. You determine what the public hear. So he used to have this no spin zone. Well, what's happening today is people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear the spin on the truth. And they love it. Guess what? Not only does the world love lying, but the world gets angry. People can't even sit in a room together and sit out and talk with each other without getting mad. See, if I disagree with you, that don't mean I'm mad at you. I've been with my wife for 40 some years. We disagree. That don't mean I'm mad at her. <laughs> but today, folk disagree. They, they want to fight. I mean, they want to fight, man. And so what happens is lying and anger is destroying us. And here's what God is saying. Christians, those who walk with me, this should not be true for you. Are you hearing me? It should not be. Okay? So what he's saying is, I want you to put aside falsehood. And the word hood also means that it covers something. It covers falseness. And falseness says this, it is telling a lie, and it is what? Not saying things, watch this, accurately. He said, look here, man, put it aside. Don't do that. You don't need that. It's not good for you. Why? Because it messes up the frequency of communication. It messes up the frequency of collaboration. 
It messes up the frequency of connectedness. It messes us up. And anytime two people come together, you know what? Unless they agree, they can't walk together. Are you hearing me? They can't. And so he said, look here, believers, stop that. You don't need that. And then he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak forward something. See, because 99.9% .9 of how you behave is what you believe. And your behavior speaks something loud. And what he said is way before you even open up your mind, your behavior is going to determine what people say. And then he says this, what I want you to do is I want you to speak the truth. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're getting ready to flip-flop before several scriptures here so you can understand the power of this. Because I want to ask you a question at some point. Are you living in any kind of falsehood? You know what? I have. And I needed the Holy Spirit to tell me that. Because truth is real. Truth will expose falsehood. Okay? Now, here's what we're going to do. Now, I'm not sitting here pointing a finger at you. Don't you do that. Don't you think I'm sitting here preaching so you don't come back next week? I don't do that. Okay? But I want you to understand something, man. The Holy Spirit will move on you. Man, it'll deal with you. I want to go to a set of scripture. That scripture is in John 1 and then John 1, 14. Why does he want you to speak the truth? Okay? Because we learned last week that the truth is not an it. The truth is not a bunch of information. The truth is a person. Here's what it says. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was God's word. And he says this, and the word was what? With God. Guess what? The word was with God. Guess what? Your words are with you. Wherever you go, you take your word with you. Okay? Anybody in the room did that? Look here. And it says the word was God. So not only was the word was with God, but the word was God. So you are what you say. You are how you behave. You are what you do. Now, 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 we're not preaching this message to beat you upside the head or beat you down. We're preaching this message to encourage you and say, get up and be who you are Amen. in Christ. Hallelujah. Be that. And so what, what, what he's saying back in verse 25, he said, man, you know how you lay down falsehood? Watch this. You release the truth. Does that make any sense to you? You release the truth. Okay? Now, we're going back to John. We're going back to John, the 8th chapter, verse 31 and 32. Now, why is truth so important? Okay? Why is truth so important? For this very reason. Let's, let's look at John. He says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, every answer known to mankind about anything that he needs help on is already written in the word of God. Amen. There ain't no problem anybody going to face that they didn't face 2,000 years ago. There's no situation that you're going through that God hadn't already spoke to. So he says, look, if you continue my word, 
All right, go all the way to John 15. Don't, 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 don't switch to John 15. But he says, look here. If you abide in my word, and my word abide in you, guess what? You ask anything. Notice that word. I'm going to give you a Greek word for anything. Anything. Okay? If you ask for anything, you'll get it. Think about that. So we step back here on John. It says, so he was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue my word, then you are what? Truly my disciples. Watch this. That means you become just like your teacher. I'm discipling some people right now. But not for the sake that they might become like Johnny. Because we're making not disciples of Johnny. We're making disciples what? Of Christ. Thank you. And I want you to say that's what he said. Now you truly become my disciples of mine. Now watch this. And you will know. That word know is a sexual term. It is an intimate term. Okay? It says you will know the truth. And guess what the truth will do? It'll make you miserable. You just need to look up there. Look at that. Let's make sure you ain't get a false teaching on that one, okay? It says it will make you what free. Now let me tell you something what falsehood will do. Falsehood will bind you up. Falsehood will wrap you up. The very thing you start trying to spin starts spinning around you. When you falsehood, guess what happened? You tell one lie, guess what happened? There's another one there. Might as well throw another one in there. And before you know it, you're so far away from the target. But again, truth hurts. But watch this. It does open heart surgery. It sets you free. Now, I'd rather go for that one than the one that bound me up. What, what do you think about that? Say, what do you think about that? So you live in a world today that don't want to hear the truth. They want to put a spin on it. You, you, you live in a world today that it's putting that spin on it, man. They get angry. Let me tell you something. When somebody steps into a restaurant or a public place or a school and takes an Uzi and ends people's lives, second half. Church, are you with me so far? We're just going to the second half here. Now, look what it says back okay, in uh, uh, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 4, 26. This is the second half, okay? This is the second half. Now, it says this. It says be angry. Now, some of you might think it's okay to be angry. 
lot of you would love to be angry. You know why? Because, man, you get a chance just to release. You do. You get a chance to get mad. You get a chance to say frustration is okay. You get a chance to blow off your steam. Well, God understands. But when he says, be angry, what is he saying? What is he really trying to say? Okay? Now, I want you to understand something about anger before we finish that section over there. I just, I didn't do this to set you up, okay? I, I get angry all the time, but I want you to understand what, he, what he's not saying here. So we're going we're gonna to move over to James. We're going to move over to James 1. And we're going to look at verse 19 and 20. Church, are you still with me so far? Okay? So the first half, stop lying. Okay? Second half is this. Now watch what James is saying. Now James just come off of verse 1 and 2 saying, man, look at you. You're going to count it all joy, Johnny, when you get beat upside the head from everywhere. Okay? That's what James just got to saying. What? Uh, you mean to tell me I got this color chart coming at me, all these colors, and all this stuff happening, and you want me to have joy? Are you kidding me, James? And he said, but I want you to understand, John, something, John, all this stuff that's coming at you is there to what? To, 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 to not only prove your faith, but to test your character. That's what he's saying. That's all he's saying. There. And I want you to know, in the midst of suffering, my friend, you, you, you still are new humanity. You still are new behavior. I mean, uh, 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 a new believer. But I want you to understand something. The world is watching you while you suffer. And it is normal for somebody, when they suffer, to get angry. It is normal when somebody gets a left hook to hook back. He says, but that's not true for you. That's not true, son. Because I want you to know I'm going to use your faith and your character to tell the world why I took those 39 lashes. I'm going to use your response and your reaction to show the world why I took on all the sins of the world. I'm going to use you to show the world why I rose from the dead. I'm going to use you. Then he says this down in verse 19 and 20. He says, look, this you know my beloved brother, I understand what you're going through. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. But hold on. But he says, look. But everyone. Now, before I read this, <laughs> I, I shared last service. Last service. Now, uh, I've done uh, maybe uh, over my course of 41 years, not only of marriage, but 35 years of ministry. I've done over 250 weddings. And every last one of them has been beautiful. Every last one of them. And the fun that I have is in premarital sessions. And you see these two people sitting next to each other, and they're all kind of starry-eyed, you know, and it's just love in the air. And it's funny. I, I have to stop from laughing. You know, because they love each other so much, they, they, they pick up a rock and go, oh, man, how beautiful is this rock? And then 10 years later, they want to hear each other with just, 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 just kidding, just, just, just kidding, just kidding. And, and they come and they sit in my office, it's funny, you know. And, and I ask them this one question. I say, uh, why do y'all want to get married? The first thing they go is, man, because we love each other. Here's my response, is that it? And it's as if I bust their bubble or something, man. And I, 
say that, not because that's not the purpose of, of marriage, but I want them to understand it's not the love that they have for each other that's going to be the issue. It's going to be the things that eat away at that love that they need to be prepared for. See, and I told you earlier, you know, Amos 3.3 says, unless two agree, they cannot walk together. So what we do in this marriage preparation is we give them the eight principles that if they can at least have a good handle on these things, which three of them, the top three, is the issue, they'll have a successful marriage. The first one is called communication. Okay? Now, how in the world two people can hang out and they, don't, they, they, they can't communicate? You know, she's got her language, he's got his. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Now, I've been married for 41 years. I'm still trying to figure this woman out now. Now, I'll tell you something. Because the, the communication is huge. And communication really has a lot to do with good listening skills. And, and then the second thing I start telling them about, now, don't forget, I'm going somewhere with this. The second thing I'm telling them about is about values. Because if people don't have the same values, number three will come around quick, all right? Because when you have the same values, that's what you're motivated by. 99.9% .9 is how you behave has a lot to do with your values. And that's why we check out people's values, their belief system and all of that. And then the third thing comes because if number two ain't right, guess what's going to happen? It's called conflict. Now, sometimes you'll have conflict because she's a woman and you're a man, <laughs> period. That's conflict right there, baby. I want you to know that. But then when we talk about there's other conflicts that come that are unnecessary. And it's called conflict resolution. All right? Now, James is getting ready to say something here about all of that, about communication, about values, and about conflict. James is saying, this you know, my beloved, but everyone must be quick to hear. Now, if you're quick to hear, you're going to be a good listener, which means you're going to become a great communicator. Think about that. You're a good listener. Good listener, because I'm hearing something. And then, then he adds two more. He says, man, you got to be quick, but in the midst of being quick, there are two things you got to be real slow at. Now, watch this. He says, the other thing you got to be slow at is you got to be slow to speak. See, everybody wants to get their point across. Now, think about it. You just look at any newscast, you look at any issue, all of a sudden, somebody walks into a place and destroys lives, and the next day on TV, all they're doing is what? Talking about it. Don't nobody really want to hear. Hey, man, let's just get rid of the guns. We're looking at the gun that killed the people. It's the person who shot the gun. Because you don't send the gun to jail. You send the person who took the gun and took it on a life through murder. But everybody wants to talk about, oh yeah, but you did it. Talk, talk, talk. Nobody's listening. And that's what happens in a relationship. When a husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, stop communicating, they're in trouble. Why? Because then nobody knows nobody's values. Then he says, look, this you know, my beloved, but everyone must be quick to hear. Watch this. Slow to speak. Now watch this last one. Slow to anger. Now the young man that did my wife and I's pre and also did our wedding told me the first two times we met 
He says, now, John, every time you get mad at your wife, man, you just need to walk around the block, okay? I knew my neighbors well. Won't y'all know? <laughs> I just walked around the block. <laughs> because he was saying something about anger and the potency of it. So I'm getting ready to get back to anger. I'm going to show you how deadly it is in just a minute. James in the midst of going through suffering, persecution, and all of that is trying to tell the believer, no matter what goes on, be quick to hear, slow to speak. And then he says, slow down on anger, slow. No matter what happens to you, no matter if somebody hits you and it takes the wind out of you, some hits you and it hurts you, I want y'all to know something. 
a football team gonna be all right. What y'all know that? And the old boys did something the other night that I was highly impressed with. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna win some football games. Just had to put that in there, okay? All right. But Bobo has this thing called energy vampire. See, anger will suck the energy out of you. Okay. And then anger, if you go back to James 1, 19 and 20, it says man's anger does not, what, fulfill the righteousness of God. See, anger will bring unrighteousness. Are y'all hearing your brother at all this morning? I mean, this anger thing, I understand it, baby. I understand it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to live there. So, so how then do we begin to land the ship this morning? How do we do that? How do we land the plane? what it says. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, let me give you just a couple of situations in the Bible. And I'm just going to quote them to you. You don't have to write it down. Okay. But, but you have a guy by the name of Saul who lost his entire kingdom because of anger. Even wanted to kill David. They come back from a battle. The ladies are out there singing, hey, Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. Saul gets in his mind now that David is his enemy because of fear that David would be greater than him, a fear that he fixed in his own mind. Therefore, what happens? He came, what? Angry. Ananias and Sapphira was killed in the first church, died because they lied against the Holy Spirit. Bam! You know what? Back in Samuel 9 and 10, 2 Samuel 9 and 10, there was a king that wanted to honor David. And because of miscommunication, the king heard from his own guys that David was not sending these men over to honor him, but they were being sent to spy on him. So the king listened to his guys, okay, because they were mad at David, took the men, ambushed them, cut their beards off, and back in those days, when you cut a man's beard off, man, it was disgraceful, cut their clothes off, stripped them down to their jockey briefs, man, embarrassed them. David heard about it, told the men to go hide for a month or so, until they grow their bills back. Now David gets angry, gets mad, muscles up a few of his army guys. The king heard that David and his boys were coming to get him. And what happened is he got several other kings to join with him. Now watch this. They come to battle over misunderstanding, over misunderstanding the values, not knowing how to solve conflict. Guess how many men died? 40,000 men died because of anger and lying and miscommunication. How many people are dying today because of the same thing? That's the world you live in. But God is saying, no, not true. 
meant is weak at that point. Therefore, the frequency, the strength that comes through those cars are loose at that point. And that meant has the ability to break. And God does not want any breakage between believers. That's why he says, get rid of falsehood, speak truth. Watch this. Why does he say it that way? Because he wants every individual, every individual in this room to understand that when you speak to another person, you're speaking to a neighbor. And if you lie to that neighbor, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to your body. And he's saying, Christian, stop it. Now, he didn't say, God, I got to go belly gazing. Don't do that. If you go belly gazing, navel gazing, don't do that. You'll destroy yourself. But let the Holy Spirit do it. Let the Holy Spirit do to you what it did to me. Johnny Lock, there's an area right here in your life. Now, I brought you to that area not to embarrass you. But I brought you to that area to let you know how much I love you. And I don't want this area to destroy what I'm doing in you. I don't want this area to remove the shine that I have on your life. I don't want this area to distort the reflection of me to the world. And I'm revealing it because I want to get rid of it. I don't want you to try to manage me. See, there's no such thing in the Bible as anger management. The Bible says, get the hell out of there. You don't need it. Oh, you can be upset, but you don't have to be angry. So all he's been doing to me is showing me that area. And you gotta confess his son. Now he may tell me to go to the person, but that's between him and me now. But the area is between me and I. Because he wants to cleanse. I want to make sure that my spirit is flowing through you in high frequency. Where there's no interruption. So would you check yourself today? I had to check myself this week. I'm asking you to do what I did. I Remember, the purpose 
that good one. Purpose is that you hide. <laughs> that exalt you. Don't want that crap on you. Okay. So we're getting ready to close here. We're getting ready to close. So I just want to read my purpose statement one more time and we'll be finished. That's all. I just I just love these purpose statements because I studied and studied. I was like, God, what's the meaning? Well, here's the meaning right here, son. And here's just a purpose statement. You are brand new. You're seated at the right hand of Christ. And because of that, here is how you are to behave. You are to behave like a new human being that is in a new humanity that has a built-in spiritual frequency that allows you to eradicate lying and anger, that allows you to communicate the truth, and it allows you to have the right kind of anger and it prevents you from the wrong kind. That's what I want you to leave here today with. So what we're going to do is we're going to take up an offering and then we're going to get you ready for communion. Let's do that. Let's do that. Father, because you 